Welcome, everyone, to the Rooted Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Chris Panetta. I'm coming to you in studio in Salem, Oregon. It's a beautiful, sunny day. As always, thank you for joining. Again, we're the Rooted Leadership Podcast by the Groundwork Institute. And man, I'm just happy to to be able to do this today. It's been a great day. Hopefully, it's been a great day for, for all of you. But I recorded an episode a couple days ago. And in that episode, I did a couple things. One of the first things I did was I addressed a key part of our theoretical framework here at the Groundwork Institute. And and if you want to know what, what it is, go back and listen to that episode. Okay, it's our second episode. And the other thing I did was relate that content, that theoretical framework to our current situation or current climate of our country and our communities, okay, which is the pandemic. But most importantly, I was making connections to uh, the racial tension that's going on uh, in our communities, in our country. And part of our theoretical framework, we talk about how do we cultivate our soil, our soil being our, our communities, right? It's the people within our communities. It's the mindset that they have. It's the behaviors they deploy. It's the climate. It's the culture okay, in each and every one of our uh, organizations and in our communities. And we talked about how do we cultivate that. We talked about three steps in cultivating our soil. Okay, the first step was accountability, which is breaking up the soil, it means that we have to be the first ones to change, especially as leaders. Okay, and if we're not a leader with the title of leader, it doesn't matter. We still have to be the first to change. Okay, the second was to see people, all right, which means that we see them, okay, as another human being with needs, hopes, dreams, fears, etc. We're responsive to them and their humanity. And the third was deeply see people. Okay. The same thing as see people, but even deeper, right? And it brings in this essence of seeing others as beloved, seeing others as worthy of our love. Okay. I was thinking about that concept and it's, I mean, it's something that I've written quite a bit about and, and thought about for uh, two, three years now in, in the development of all of this. But I, I was reminded of an article that I wrote uh, just a couple months ago. It was right after the George Floyd incident and kind of right when things were increasing in our country in terms of racial tension, okay, there was so much anger and sorrow and hurt that was out there, so much conflict that was, you know, on social media and all around us. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without it being a topic, right? And so I thought of a story that I published, you know, that I put out as an article on online and uh, it got it got a fair amount of traction just within my inner circles. And I'm not famous or important. So that wasn't a lot, but uh, I want to read it. And the reason why I want to read it is because I feel like it relates to this concept of soil and this deepest, the deepest part of cultivating it, which is to deeply see others. And it's a story about my father. All right. So I'm just going to read it to you. Now I've told this story several times, just, you know, without reading it from anything. And, and I've, I've said it, I've different settings and I, I tend to get pretty emotional when I just kind of say it from memory. Um, So I'm going to read it and I still might get emotional, but I'm just going to read it because it's going to be a little bit easier for me. Okay. So it's entitled Lessons My Father Has Taught Me About Racism. Go back to where you came from. I remember the feeling inside of me the first time I heard that yelled from one person to another. I felt both saddened and outraged all at once. My heart was racing with anger as I clenched my fists and the hero inside of me wanted immediate justice. To paint the picture in more detail and to fully understand the situation, the one yelling that phrase, among other obscenities, was a middle-aged white woman. Towards whom she was yelling was my father, an immigrant brown man from the islands, the Philippines. As a young boy, hearing this in the middle of 
a clothing department store directed towards my father was the first time I remember feeling hate towards somebody. Hate, like love, is not a word used lightly. I hated that moment and I hated that woman for how she treated my father. After all, she was the one who came into the store that he managed, outraged on a return item. When the customer service desk could not assist her appropriately, she demanded that the manager be called down. I was waiting at the front of the store for my father to finish his shift, watching all of this unfold in my mind when she called for the manager, knowing that was my dad, I was relieved that she would finally calm down. That's what I thought. Little did I know that the sight of my father walking down the aisle to address the situation would only enrage her further. Immediately, she doubted him as the actual manager of the store. Soon after, she dismissed his English as not being understandable. All the while, my dad had a smile on his face, kindly responding as if he didn't even hear the insults. At this point, the emotions were already stirring within me. I kept asking myself, why would someone speak to my father that way? Why is no one stepping in? Why is no one stopping her? And what did my dad ever do to deserve such treatment? As a boy, I didn't have any answers. My mind filled with confusion and frustration faster than it ever had before. It was at that moment that I watched this lady point her finger right at my dad and yell, go back to where you came from. With my little fists clenched and near tears rolling down my face, I began standing up as if I was going to bring about my childish version of justice, which very well might have been me yelling and screaming hysterically while charging at her. Fortunately, I did not embarrass myself as she had already masterfully done in front of a dozen people. Because right as I was about to stand, my father glanced over at me with concerning and protective eyes. He looked at me the way I now look at my kids when I'm feeling a heart full of love and concern for them. His glance told me to stay seated, to stay calm, and not to worry. Hard to do as a young boy watching all of this unfold, but there I sat fighting back tears as I somehow, as somehow, my dad managed to de-escalate the situation and resolve this woman's apparent need. Thereafter she left. The other customers and the employees in the store carried on as normal. My father went back to his office to grab some things and then off we went. As we walked to the car in the parking lot, I wanted to burst out with frustration and tears, but I was waiting for a response from my dad first. We got in the car and began driving home, still silent. I just looked at my dad, just waiting for him to finally let out his frustration and anger about this woman. I was certain he must have had vexation, ready to erupt, but nothing. He just humbly looked at the road and drove. Finally, I couldn't ignore my feelings of anger and hate any longer, and I exploded right there in the car. I went off saying everything I felt about that woman. I was using inappropriate language to describe her, that I had heard from the television at school. I, like she, had just minutes before towards my father began to list off all sorts of profanities in my youthful effort to describe what I thought about her. Only able to get a sentence or two rattled off, my father said, stop. He said it without yelling, but so stern that I knew he was serious and I knew to shut my mouth. He pulled the car over and looked at me with tears swelling in his eyes and told me he doesn't want to hear that language come out of my mouth again, especially directed towards another human being. Then he told me something I will never forget. He said, Chris, some people just don't see what you see, but you have to love them. Remember that woman today? She's someone else's mom, sister and wife. Would you want anyone saying those things about your three sisters or your mother? I was speechless. 
In my heart, I felt his love, and I knew he was trying to teach me something. But I was still upset and confused. He ended by simply telling me that we have to love other people, even when they treat us unkindly. That was it. Somehow, he communicated to me that that woman still mattered despite her inappropriate behaviors. He didn't teach me about race. He didn't teach me about racism, about injustice. And he most certainly didn't speak negatively of this woman. I didn't quite know then, like I know now, the valuable lesson my father was teaching me. To see people as people. To love people deeply, even when they are not easy to love. Even when I have every reason to hate or despise them. Since that moment, I have seen time and time again my dad respond to racial and unjust acts towards him in the very same way, with love and understanding. Some might say it's too much or enough is enough, that situations like the one I shared are intolerable and my father should have not put up with it, and they might be true. But what I can tell you is that my father's choice to choose love over hate has impacted all five of his kids, their spouses, 18 grandkids, dozens of friends and family, and hundreds, if not thousands, of other people. His humble legacy will last for generations. Even though I have faced my fair share of bias being a multiracial individual, I cannot fully relate to my dad. I also cannot relate to the other people of color, ethnicity, and race in our country that have faced forms of oppression. How could I? Each situation is personal and different. My heart aches for people and families hurting because of prejudice and bias. However, I know one thing, taught to me so many years ago from my dad, and that is to love. As a friend of mine says, to love dangerously, which is to love those that are not easy to love. Justice is part of the solution, but justice without love is empty. Had justice been served that day so many years ago and the lack of love present, I would not be who I am today. I would be someone with malice in their heart and a quick mind of judgment. I don't hate that woman anymore, and I can't say that I consistently love either, but I know that I'm trying. My father has taught me through his life's example what it means to be intentional about seeing others through loving eyes and seeing them as people, which is what I have come to believe is the best cure to things like racism. I can only hope to one day become the type of man that he is. Thank you, Dad. So, listen, that. That moment when I was a boy was the first of many instances where I've seen my father in the face of sometimes cruelty, sometimes people being so demeaning and unjust towards him. He faces it with deeply seeing. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. He's certainly a better man than I am, a better person than I am someone that I aspire to be like. But that moment so many years ago taught me, in a profound way, some of these principles. I didn't have language back then as a boy to, to remember it by or to label it. But as I look back now, it's clear that my dad lived a life as a leader, cultivating the deepest levels of soil. And he wasn't just doing it at work, he was doing it at home and in his community, in his church, everywhere he went. Now, for us to even begin to overcome 
the conflict that we experience, the tension about race, to overcome the labels, to overcome all the things that are plaguing us right now as a society, we have to deeply see there's so much more to it. Okay. And there's experts and thought leaders all over the world thinking about it. And it's going to take all of us to think about it. But I will take to my grave the fact that we will not overcome any of it if we cannot learn to deeply see, if we cannot learn to love. You know, love is an interesting term in the English language. We basically have one word for it. In other languages, there's several. And so when we hear the word love, sometimes we think of the romantic love. Sometimes we think of, you know, the fluffy love. And so we get kind of shut down by it. We get turned off by it. Um, when we're talking about injustice and our communities and our organization and business and you name it. But there's a different type of love. And it's the acknowledgement and the realization that all of us are human beings that matter. And that when I see that, and when I see it in others, and I see beyond what they might look like, what they might act like, what they might do, I see so much more, right? And that's the type of love that we're talking about here. And it's not an easy love. It's not at all. It's a hard love. It's a difficult love. And it's a love that would solve so many of our problems that we face in our families, so many problems that we face in our organizations, and most certainly in our community and in our world, if we could learn to see beyond ourselves. So I wanted to share that story just as kind of a piggyback episode to episode number two. And for what it's worth, my father is an incredible man and anything good about me, I got from him. I'll keep it short today. Just wanted to share that story and uh, help us continue to think about everything that we're facing. And, and even months from now, years from now, these lessons are timeless. That experience that I shared today happened when I was a boy and I still think about it. And in 20 years, I'm going to keep thinking about it. So whether it's, <laughs> whether you're facing uh, circumstances that have to do with race, I hope you find this helpful or whether you're just in a quarrel or you're stuck as a leader or as a partner, a, a sibling, a friend, you're in a conflict of some sort. I hope that this story can help to some degree to help you find your way out, to help you find a solution, to help you cultivate the soil just a little bit more. This is the Rooted Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Panetta. Thanks again for joining. Be safe. Have a great day. Until next time, see ya.